The Pinball Network is online. Launching Pinball Party. Oh, hello. Two pinball parties in one week. We must have it figured out. And I can assure you, we do. This might sound a little different to those who know this song. At the end of this episode, feel free to stay tuned and listen to the Total Nuclear Annihilation theme song, Neon Dale Edit, with Scott's approval in its entirety. But let's not waste any more time on ceremony here. Let's party and start talking to the man himself, Mr. Scott Denisi. Man, what good timing that we're recording today. Yeah, how crazy is that, huh? Yeah, aside from the crazy technical snafus you and I both had for a good, what, 37 minutes <laughs> before we get to start this. Figure it out. I'm so happy that you're joining me, man. Thanks a lot. And I want to just start off right away because what a day. You are now the creative director of the next Multimorphic P3 game. Yeah. yeah what the hell, man? It's super cool. Yeah, Congrats. I know, right? So check this out. Yeah, thank you so much. You bet. Um, so this is really funny because we had this all lined up ahead of time and uh you and i were just gonna chat and we we're gonna talk about like you know whatever we're gonna talk about yep and uh i saw it and like jerry was letting me know like uh, jerry had no idea that i had like a, a, a jerry the, the owner of multimorphic he had okay. no idea that i had like a interview lined up for later this week but uh he was like okay i think we're gonna you know go ahead and like tease your name in the in the thing and i'm like or in the email and he's like i'm like what are you gonna do that and he goes ah, i don't know you know like Wednesday or Thursday, I'm like, oh, all right, all right. I mean, <laughs> Wednesday would be better, yeah, because that could be really interesting yeah. timing wise. Yeah, um, uh, today is Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. And I, I was literally, at the, I was at the grocery store. I had a, a no shit. I had a jar of peanut butter in my hand. And I was like looking, and I got the buzz from like your message. I'm like, oh, I thought maybe like, oh, he has a cancel or something. Like, and you said, did you check out this shit? And clicked on it. <laughs> and yeah, like, my God. And like, I was, I was in the way of these two ladies because I was like reading your email and they were saying, excuse me. And I kind of like zoned them out because I had earbuds <laughs> in too. And yeah, so you, you, you fucked up these ladies shopping experience, by the way. But yeah, I, I clicked <laughs> on the awesome. pin side. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just, um, you know, I, I it, correct me if I'm wrong, but the email from Multimorphic, it was kind of just a single line that you're the next creative director of the next game. No more details really. Right. I mean, can you tell us yeah, anything? Nothing. There's, any, there's any no hints? details. Like I, I can't tell you basically anything, but I can tell you uh, what, how about this? We can squeeze everything that I'm allowed to tell you out. Let's squeeze it. How about that? Let's squeeze it. Yeah. Which is not a lot. <laughs> it's yeah. not a lot. So yeah. he said, uh, he sent the email. He's like, Hey, Scott's going to be being the creative director on this next module. Right. So from that sentence, we've already gathered that, uh, I'm doing the creative design process of, the module and it's going to be an actual physical module right mm -hmm. um yeah just taking it apart you know that's yeah that's that yeah okay um i really can't share much more than that besides the fact that i'm working with a team of a pretty significant team of very very talented people oh. um so it's it's really neat for me uh to to do that um you know, with the spooky stuff, I'm a, I'm a, kind of on my own a lot. 
Yeah. You know, I, we have, you know, with Spooky, we have, we had Eric doing really great programming and everybody else doing engineering with me and like all this other stuff. Right. And like Bowen making sure we don't mess anything up and, you know, David Van S doing all this other cool stuff. And there are really good teams of that stuff, but I've never actually worked on a project where I've got a dedicated engineer. Mm. Okay. To, to help me through concepts and things. So sure. That I hope isn't too much information. Uh, of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm so, I was like, it's so Jerry's going to listen to this podcast and he's going to take apart every single thing. He told me, he's like, Hey man, he's like, sorry, Jerry, you can't say anything yet. You can't say anything yet. I'm like, okay, okay. Well, what? okay, fine. Well, you know what? No, no guarantees. You know, I'll do my best. <laughs> <Yeah. That's- laughs> Can I ask something that may- sure. I think I know the answer. Everyone else probably does. And if you can't answer, I totally get it. Do you think yeah. you'll have anything to do with the audio of this game? Um, let's see. Is Jerry listening? Jerry's listening. So, uh, yeah, I wrote everything in the game. Yeah, I did all the audio for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, oh, so that's yeah. A, yeah. So, yeah. So that's a yes. No, but that's it, though. That's as far as okay. we can go. That's, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's it. No, the audio is all done. No, I had, I had, uh, yeah, no, I mean, that would be weird, actually, if somebody, if I, if I did a game and yeah. then had someone else do the audio for it, right. it would have to be like, that would be really strange, actually. I if think. it was I, like I, Trent Reznor, then maybe you'd be like, all right. Okay, you well, you know what? Let's, let me take that back. If it was if it was like Trent Reznor, then I'd be like, by all means, yes, please. Uh, sure, man. Do that audio. And then let's, let's hang out at my house and play pinball. Oh. And, uh, you know, that would be great. But, ah. Dude, I, they always say don't meet your heroes, but I'll tell you what, man, I don't care. I want to meet that dude. Yeah. Do you want to meet him now or like tapeworm or I mean like uh, like late 90s? No, I want to meet him now. Yeah. Straight up right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I don't think I could keep up with him partying like he used to. No. So. Uh, yep. Yeah. You know, because like, I, I don't do drugs or anything. So except for the, you know, random THC once in a while because it's legal here in the in Illinois. Oh, but, sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a druggy guy. I don't really drink too much. Good for you. Um, I, same here, man. I don't drink. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I did so plenty of a, uh, plenty of what I needed to in high school, and now yeah. I'm very similar as you. Yeah, uh, I just I like to build stuff. I like to be motivated, you know. So I can't keep up with Trent Reznor as well. Yeah. But now I yeah. bet you now I could party with him now and uh, have a good time. Yeah, now he's probably going to bed at eight thirty. He's an adult, you know mm-hmm, what I mean. Mm-hmm. He, and he's the same way. Yeah, he just like to... me, eight o'clock, eight thirty, yeah, you know, dude. whatever, give or dude, take. Joel, Joel yeah. Engelberth. One thing he says, congrats by the way, in a text. I was going to see if you oh, wanted to join for a quick couple minutes, but he always gives me shit. Like, oh, it's it's past six p.m. Are you in bed? Like, well, I wake up at five. I go to the gym. I do music <laughs> shit. I do work. Like, you know, I'm like you. I build yeah. shit. I'm busy. Like, you got to go to bed to do that stuff. I can't stay up and drink till two a.m. Yeah, exactly. It's it's tough, man. And especially like if, you know, if, if I'm up really late doing stuff, the next day is kind of messed up for me. Like, I mean, I yeah. need I need that next day. I need that motivation. I need the, you know, the drive. Yeah. Well, not to make little of the P3, and I know you probably can't say anything else, but that's that's exciting. Nothing against their last games. But I mean, you did have something to do with some of their old stuff. Weird Al, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was yeah, all the... Yeah, yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong. I was at the pinball awards, and, and the Weird Al did win um, for audio. But was it um, you had everything to do with things outside of his music? Is that correct? Yeah, or, correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I took the only thing. Um, so here's exactly what I did on Weird Al. So I was in charge of making sure the sound package was 
all taken care of, right? Okay. So I created all of the sound effects from scratch. Um, I wrote two songs for the game, actually. I believe they're both in there now. Um, the high score music's in there and uh, the... Um, oh, man, where, where did they stick that other last track? I'm, I'm blanking now where they stuck That's that track. Cool. Michael's going to listen to this and yell at me. Um, <laughs> Can but, I ask uh, you, Let me pull like, on that, that thread you mentioned earlier, though. You made some sound effects from scratch. Someone who... Yeah, as an audio person myself, walk me through that. Tell me how, sure, how you do. Are sure. you doing like? Are you micing yourself, bashing some celery, or are you using patches and MIDI, yeah. or what are you doing? Yeah, so this is really this is cool because there's a lot of different stuff that I did on Weird Al. Uh, a lot of it was field recordings that I've just had and done. Nice. Um, you get real. I used to go to. Uh, I'm just going to rant and tangent on, and I apologize. Please. And my brain is going to be scattered all over the place because, you know, ADD same. stuff. I'm the um, same. So the, uh, yeah, so I've got all these like field recordings of when I go to different places. Like I, back in the day, there was a lot of circuit bending going on and I was really, really into it. And I would go to these like circuit bending festivals and I would just grab my microphone thing, record a bunch of stuff, tons of recordings. So I got all these different weird sounds and stuff, right? So I got a, a big library of things to start from. Um, and then I usually put in um, things like uh, we've got, I've got like glass cracking sounds and stuff like that, that I start with. Those are actually like the more organic stuff that's very specific is probably from uh, starting from a pack that I have of just pre-recorded things that I didn't actually record. Um, sure. But I usually take that stuff and I, I take little bits and pieces of things. I never use anything out of the box because my worst fear is somebody listening to a sound that I created or a sound that I put in a pinball machine and recognizing mm -hmm. it. Like yeah. that would just devastate me. Normal people would be like, whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, people at uh, like JJP and Stern and all the big guys, like they'll, some, they'll pull from sample packs sometimes. I know, um, I know that's not always the case, but People will do that, and it's totally fine. It's legit. Mm -hmm. It's the way that people do that. <laughs> it really is. Uh, but but I you're just, a creator. I wanted to create everything from scratch. I, yeah, I want to make it yeah, exactly dude. the thing that because I, I hear it in my head, right? Yep. I'm like, yeah. I, I see the thing on the screen, and then I hear it in my head, and I'm like, okay, I have to m make that thing into the, you know, make the computer make that sound that's in my head. So mm -hmm. I start with different sounds and try to do stuff, and uh, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, there's something in Weird Al that actually like messes me up a lot because I went to, I, when I was at work, I brought my recorder with me because there's a lot of different sounds like, you know, forklift sounds and door closing and slamming sounds and walking upstairs and clicking on and off circuit breakers. Like there's really cool stuff just all around you all the time that people don't realize. Uh, yeah. Those sounds are very valuable uh, for someone like myself. But yeah. I recorded our dock door closing. So it's like a chunk, like it's a big steel door that closes like normal, you know, with a handle on it. Yep. So it does that like, and that's in Weird Al. And I did not process it very much at all. I put a reverb on it and that's it. Nice. Uh, and when I hear the door closing sound uh, in the game, when the ramp expires, uh, when the ramp goes back up and expires out, it, uh, it like, messes with my brain because I think I'm at work, you know, it's yeah. like a noise that it's, <laughs> right. it's the exact sound that my brain hears. Like when that closes, it's, oh. it's so cool. But yeah, there's a lot of that stuff. 
Do you have, um, you mentioned reverb. Do you have a plugin brand of choice? Are you I a do, slate? Yeah. Are so, you waves? What's, what's your shit? Uh, no. So I use a lot of native instruments. Okay. Uh, native yeah. instruments is my go-to. Um, I'm a Are you using their hardware fan. too? Uh, I do use hardware and I will get to that, but the hardware is a little differently. I don't use effects. Uh, yeah. I don't use hardware effects or anything. Okay. Um, yep. So, yeah. So basically I use, yeah, mostly native instruments uh, for effects and stuff like that because their effect libraries are just, just amazing. Um, yep. I did have things like waves back in the day when they had like ultra maximizer and, and stuff like that, that I would use for mastering. Um, for now though, um, what I use to master now is I, I went and I taught myself this whole mastering chain and I was like, mm. I'm, I'm going to learn to master my own music. And I mastered TNA myself. Mm-hmm. And then I, I mastered, I mastered the system of parts myself as well. And I don't think I did a good job, but my buddy Adam showed me that you can send your stuff off to a guy to master it, a professional, and it's yeah. not expensive. No, it's like, not. Like it's affordable. And yeah. they do such an amazing job that you are now completely on par with all the kids nowadays slamming their compressors like as loud as they can go. You mm-hmm. are like that your sound is that or better. And it's it's great. So now I have completely switched to mastering and doing final stuff like that to having someone help me with it which is pretty crazy that's awesome i remember when we were doing our our last album and they were like you know for mastering it's like seven bucks a minute kind of on average and they're like you know when we got all the edits done and uh it didn't i didn't even need it mastered but you know for those out there who don't know what mastering really is like don't get fooled when someone says it's remastered like mastering is really just bringing up to i'll save radio levels and you're getting it to the layperson, loud like everything else. You're squashing the shit out of it when you're saying compressor. Like you're bringing the highs down, bringing the quiet stuff up. But mastering, there's an art to it. But usually when you find a mastering preset for music or a band or whatever, you get the multipressors, you get the limiters, you get everything set up. Usually the rest of that same artist song is kind of just plug and play, hence why it's usually pretty cheap comparatively. But on the same way, like I used to beat myself to death over mastering because like once you get the mix... And it's like, all right, now I got it. I got all the compressors. I got mm-hmm. all of it. Then you master like, oh, it fucks everything up. It Which does. Is, you, it you know, it all, all the dynamic range is back. fucked. Yeah, it's totally screwed up. So in, what I do is I, I used to mix and master at the same time, Ugh. which was a blessing and a curse, man, because it's yeah. a, a blessing because I can kind of I can kind of like tweak something in the mix while the master is running. Mm-hmm. Like while I'm doing the mastering chain and uh, sort of get it to sound like a little bit better the way I want it to, but end up just actually destroying it, which is why the TNA like album is so over compressed. Um, is but it? I regret nothing. I regret nothing. Good. That album sounds very Dude. good to me. It, it's like the the grunginess of what's happening with those compressors because I'm running um, I'm running multiple compressors on all sorts of different channels on it to get this grungy mm-hmm. crazy sound out of it uh and i think it was 100 percent. i wouldn't actually fix any of that but no i wouldn't either i want let's just get into tna for the sorry we skipped all the way from probably what you're best known for to a lot of people total nuclear annihilation the creator the everything the audio <laughs> all of it um i <laughs> and we're going to review it in a little bit uh let's see how hard you are on it uh how how much okay. shit you give it but i um perfect when i heard the so I'm gonna say snare drum just because I'm not an electronic whatever, but when I'm hearing like the snare hits mm-hmm. on that album, 
Um, I can hear the double compressor. I know we used to use that for exactly what you said, like just that little kind of 90s grunge distortion. You just double compressor it, sometimes with vocals too. And it's such yeah. a sweet sound. It's soft. It's not hard. It, it just gives that, like you could put a distortion kind of bit crusher on it, but you're going to lose all the fucking dynamics of it. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, we would do um, artboard seventy or outboard like seventy six compressors, and then inside like we would double it up, sometimes triple it. Um, but yeah, like I'm not the art of compressors when it comes to like analog music. I'm fucking terrible with it aside from vocals. But I've seen some drum masters in the studio just like layer compressors on compressors for the exact same reason. And Beastie Boys used the shit out of them. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, yeah. When, and Nirvana I, too. Nirvana oh, was God. Nirvana. Uh, Nevermind was the the fucking like. Uh, oh. pinnacle of using those compressors their their sound was i remember it i remember it on the radio it was louder than everything else man mm-hmm. it was just but louder. still just as like, clear <laughs> if not clearer it was so great yeah it was so great and dave Grohl's drums on there still to this day mm-hmm. it's just oh, yeah. they're super punchy and then you know you go to like queens of the stone age and it's just like well let's take all the highs and lows out of them it's just like a telephone the whole song but still incredible <laughs> all right well, um, i digress it's like- yeah 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 um but yeah aside from um compressors which we probably lost many many people tna total nuclear annihilation so i've owned the game in the past i heard about it when i uh well not when i first started playing pinball because that was 20 30 years ago whatever but getting back into the hobby and you know you hear about it and all that and it's like okay you see it and like all right it looks like a pinball machine and then finding out that you fucking did everything uh and then you know i heard the soundtrack or heard a couple songs like all right man just the main theme Fucking incredible, dude! I, I no joke. I, I listened to it in the car, like before I even got the machine. Before I've talked to you, anything. Um, it is a fantastic, fantastic album, and the, I hear influences. I won't say influences for you because everyone's got their own thing. I'm sure people would hear certain in mine, but I, I have a very strong love for Random Access Memories, uh, Daft Punk's album, and not that yours is Daft Punk, but there is so much of that, like melodic electronic in there where it's not just the heart you know i get hardcore uh synth wave or any of that where it can get to the point of like it's show-off music same with like you know in metal you get to like mashuga you get to tool you get to all that or jazz whatever but yours at least for the tna it's like a, a pop album at the same time in my opinion in the best possible way because i fucking love catchy shit um so i i could just give you compliments all day on that album but man when i had it in the home and realized that yeah i'm not hearing a lack of resources, like maybe Stern or J- maybe not JGP. No offense to them, but <laughs> the big ass subwoofer, the the amp in there that you know don't touch. Yeah, I fucking touched it, and I was like, I'm gonna tweak this thing yeah. and make it sound awesome. Did you see? Well, did you do? Did you follow the guide that I did that I wrote up for that for touching uh, the amp? Uh no. Ha- I mean, if you if you hadn't have done that, like you, uh, you do that, and you can actually get some really good sound out of that system. That's well, myself and another audio engineer. Uh, I showed him because the other pinball machines, he, he came downstairs when I was fixing a Godzilla once because the woofer in the bottom just sounded like ass, you know, paper, like whatever. Mm-hmm. And oh, right yeah. next to it was TNA. And I was like, listen to this shit. And I turned it on. He looked at me like, holy fuck. It's like, yeah, man. So I popped it open. I'm like, it's got a subwoofer in a box. And he's like, oh, so he was like, where's the crossover? What's it crossover? I'm like, I don't know what it's crossed over. He's like, well, do you think it's like 60 or 80? I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'm like, go get your drag live. Let's, yeah, I was like, let's go measure this shit and let's get weird yeah, with it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, man. I mean, top to bottom, impressive. I mean, at least gameplay audio, we'll talk about it later. But man, can I just ask, how did that start? Were you just, because you work, you work, okay, I'm like you, I'm going to scatterbrain, but okay. If you're now creative director of a game, are you still going to be at Pinball Life? 
Or do you have not? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, okay. So, yeah, let me explain that. Yeah. You know what? I got this question today from a really good friend. They're like, you didn't leave Pinball Life, did you? I was like, oh, hell no, man. So that's my, I love my job, right? My day job at Pinball Life. Yeah. Um, I would probably say, if I had to say what I do over there, I'd probably say I'm the engineer and technician of like everything um, that is technical and complicated. Um, <laughs> okay. So, I, I manage our, I, I do all the engineering stuff for mechanical and electrical stuff. Mm. Um, I do the maintenance and running of our laser system. I do a, like, you know, all this other ridiculous technical things. I even manage our information system. Mm. I build our business intelligence reporting applications and that kind of crap. Like it's, it's nuts. Jeez, I hope um, they pay you well. Jesus. But I, you know, it's, it's enough, you know, it's yeah. not. It's pinball, right? So yeah. Like, yeah. How much? You know, it's not. I could sure. I could make like way, way more money going back to doing what I did before, which was consulting and business intelligence design and mm-hmm. database design and stuff. I could. Yeah, I I'll could hire you. Way go back. Yeah. Like, yeah. but, <laughs> dude, I, at some point in your life, you kind of realize, like, you know, it's not really about the money. It's more about like enjoying what you're doing a lot. It's about having time to spend with your friends and with your family and all this other stuff. And I, you know, with that other stuff, I was just, I was way too stressed out, spending Dude, way too much time working for somebody else. Can I, that is exactly where I'm at about a month, a month, about 18 months, two years ago. Same thing, dude. I, like, I work in software and, like, you know, software pays well, all that kind of shit. I'm an engineer in software, all that. Yeah. But I'm still sick of it. And the, that's the only reason I started doing this podcast. No offense to anyone. There's like, oh, fucking you're great. I, yeah, well, I, I just wanted to stop doing what I was doing and get back into audio. So I'm hitting it from all angles, from music to the, all the, and that's just all I'm doing. And why I'm, you've been the most excited person I've talked to, or I've, I've been the most excited to talk to you more than anyone because you kind of have done all of it, in, including the music. So um, yeah, I'm, I feel you, man. I, it's not about the money. It's about time left with people you love doing things you want to do. I would happily make a third of what I'm making now doing something I love. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to get out of it and into audio, yeah. but, um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's really hard to, to pull that rip cord. Um, I know did you do me, it, it slowly really or just, no, stop. I slammed it, dude. I, pulled, oh. I, I freaking parachuted, man. Hell I, yeah, dude. I went like this. So this is what happened, right? So I was, um, I was doing that work, stressed out a lot. Yeah. I was in pinball already. I was a hobby. I was a hobbyist of pinball. Right. And I'm like tinkering with machines. I'm like, man, I, I love this stuff. I love the engineering. Cause like I have, um, in college, I took a bunch of like uh, mechanical engineering and electrical engineering classes, but I don't actually have a degree in mechanical or electrical engineering. Yeah. My degree is in information system design, but I was able to take all those extra physics classes and engineering classes and all sorts of crazy stuff, like learn SolidWorks back in high, in college, right? I learned CAD in high school back in mm. the, you know, 96. Sure. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually like pretty old now. I'm, I was born in 82. So, so that's where oh, I'm me at. Me too. Exactly hey, the same. Exactly the same. A. All right. Yeah, nice, yeah, exactly. 82 is a great year, man. Dude, it's awesome. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so I learned all that stuff and like carried that out through my whole life. I've always tinkered and built things ever since I was like a small child. So, you know, when I, I started just doing information systems, I was doing that because I was like, oh, it's a good solid job. It's interesting enough. You know, I'll make yep. some money. It'd be great that, that you think that's what life is about. And then all of a sudden it's like, you kind of realize you're like, dude, like it's not like it. 
I mean, money helps you be sort of happy, but if you can't even enjoy that, it's a tool. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah, It's a tool. Exactly. You have to be able to use it properly. So it's like, yeah. So yeah, I just, uh, I was talking with Terry. I had been friends with him for, you know, a little less than 10 years at that point. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, he was like, yeah, yeah, you know, we've got this, uh, we're looking for a guy to come do our solid work stuff, you know, and, and help with our 3d printing and stuff like that. And I had been already doing solid works and 3d printing on my own, sure. um, just tinkering and stuff. So I was like, I'm like, you know, man, I wonder, I'm like, how much you paying for this thing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, is it possible? I'm like, I'm like, I wonder if I could do this. And yeah. he told me how much he, he like, he gave me the, the, the thing. He's like, this is how much we're looking to pay somebody for it. And I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> let me get the ramen uh, back on the shelf. And... Yikes, man. I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, I sat down, like talk with my wife about it. Yeah. And, uh, and we decided, you know, let's just do it. Like, she's like, she's like, Hey man. Yeah. You know what? She's like, it's fine. It'll be okay. We'll we'll make it happen. We'll make uh, it work. She's still got a job, so it's still like she's. We've got that stability in case something weird happened. Yeah, you know. Good go for you. God stuff. bless her but heart yeah, too. Man. Fuck. Yeah, I just is... freaking gave him like I gave him a. I, I've been with the company at ten for ten years at that point. I'm at eleven. Yeah, yeah. I gave him. That's about the limit. Like, yeah, dude. And you're because we're the same age, so it's like there's something yeah, about like thirty five where you're like, uh, ah. Yeah. 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 It's like, yeah. And you're just like, okay. So, um, yeah, it, it's pretty crazy. So I gave them like, uh, instead of a two week notice, I gave them like a month notice yeah. because it was, I was pretty integral in, in that company I was at because I helped, uh, I was like number the, the seventh employee of that sure. large, God. large company. I'm in a very so similar I, I boat. So I kind of helped them build this whole thing. So I had to kind of get out. So that's what was so hard. I had to leave these people, man. Yeah. Like I, I had to, I had to leave my family. <laughs> like that's like, that's tough. Um, but, uh, you can, you get over it once you realize it's, it's, you gotta focus on you a little bit, man. Like you, you gotta, uh, you gotta kind of do stuff for you and not for other people as much. I wish so. I could say more, but if anyone in my company is listening, I just want to say much more, but I, I live that. Yeah, dude, I get it. And yeah. Fuck. Yeah. You gotta be careful with that stuff now. But yeah. It's, yeah. They're going to come after me, man. They're not coming after you. Uh, I'm giving the weird advice here. Good. So, well, I'm in the same yeah. boat. I just need to pull the rip cord and. Maybe, maybe, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, but, you just have to have a plan. I mean, all you have to do is just kind of plan it a little bit, and then you can just, burp, you can get out of there, you know. I still I still send these people Christmas cards. So, nice. uh, you know, it's it, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Um, but, yeah, I, I ended up taking that. So To go back to what I was bringing up or why Pinball Life, and one, shout out to Pinball Life. I buy yeah, all my stuff. Yeah, why are we even, jeez. We were, <laughs> yeah, why are we, what are we I, even I, talking about? So I'm about, <laughs> I'm up in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, which is, I think, are you down by Chicago-ish area? I'm, yeah, I'm about 45 minutes uh, west of the city. Okay. So I'm about four hours north of you probably. But yeah, I buy all my stuff from Pinball Life. Everything that I can. Um, I, I love awesome. Terry. I love everything there. But what I was going to ask is, so how did TNA start? Was it once you started working at Pinball Life for like, let me tinker? Or did it did the, did the it start as a seed before that? Walk me through that. Uh, yeah. So that's that's an interesting question because it started in my head as a seed before pinball life. Um, before I started working for Terry, like before I made that transition, I took a two week break and I was, I was working on Earthshaker aftershock like before I quit. So I okay. started that. I don't know if you know much about that project no, or not. Sorry, if anyone knows I about don't. it. So I took an Earthshaker and I, 
pulled all the guts out of it. It was, okay, so it's Earthshaker prototype number two, all serial numbered together. Okay. Um, it was restored by a guy, um, HSA Pinball, was beautifully restored. Everything clear-coded, perfect every way. You know, I got this beautiful Earthshaker. So I'm looking at it. I'm playing it. I brought it to some shows to share with people. People are like, yeah, it's great. It looks great. That's awesome, you know? And I'm like, but I wanted to make this thing a little more special. Cause I, I hated the music in Earthshaker. Like, I, I don't know why it just, it just was like, eh, but I love the gameplay, you know, everything else about it. The layout's great. Um, so what I did was I did what any sane person would do. And I took this prototype number two, which only, you know, is very special and only exists in one place. And I ripped all the guts out of it. Of course. I installed a P-Rock system into it. Uh, with custom hardware by some other of my friends overseas and some like custom, all this crap. I ripped the back glass out. I put a piece of clear glass in it so you could see all the electronics that I put into it. That's uh, cool. I screwed an auto launcher to the bottom of the prototype XR7 playfield uh, with screws, you know, <laughs> as one does yeah. in a prototype XR7 playfield. Uh-huh. Um, and I reprogrammed Earthshaker from the ground up. Can you tell so, me, I've heard P-Rock, I've heard people talk about that, and I'll, tell me like I don't know what it is, because I, I think I can sure. assume what it yeah. is, a little hardware, yeah. It's basically a circuit board that replaces the CPU in your pinball machine and allows you to plug a computer into this circuit board that now gives the computer full control of that pinball machine. Does it do, is it like an API? Does it have like hardware like translation or what's it? Yeah. So it does a ton of hardware processing for you. So like flipper buttons and stuff, that's all handled on the hardware side. And your computer just says, hey, activate the flippers so that when you hit the buttons, it does the flippy stuff. Right. Hmm. So there's a lot of cool stuff going on there and it's a lot of safety features and watchdogs and stuff on there. So you can't like really mess anything up too bad. Okay. But it you have to run something on the computer that tells the machine how to act when a certain switch is hit. Like, what does it want to do? You want to fire a coil or do you want to do something? You want to play a sound or an animation or whatever. So it allows you to completely start over on a pinball machine. Mm. It's super cool. Yeah. Okay. It's been around for many, many years. I think I, uh, I put my first P rock in something in 2010 or 2011, but it's like something that a lay person could, it's not like, hey, you have to learn C plus or Java to like program this thing. It's oh, when you hit X switch, hit Y flipper. Like, it's it's uh, that. No, it's not that easy. Okay, it's actually it's it's <laughs> you made it sound much it easier. Is difficult. Okay. Yeah, it. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of framework out there. A lot of frameworks that do exist now to help you with that. And there's a lot of communities out there that are helping other people homebrew these games. But basically, okay. it's a homebrew platform. Sure to allow you to, to make a game from scratch. I just didn't make a game from scratch. I took an Earthshaker and put new music rules, light shows, all sorts of crazy stuff in it. Um, there are videos on YouTube uh, of, you know, when Jack Danger came over to my house and played Earthshaker. There's me demoing stuff, uh, like different things that I was working on at the time. Uh, you just have to kind of search for that. I just, I guess okay. you could just search my name and then Earthshaker Aftershock, Aftershock. and it should okay. come up. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's uh. So I started with that, um, and then I was like, I kind of caught the bug of like, wow, I can, I can actually do this. Like, I'm gonna, I should try to 
actually build a full game because uh, I was getting pressure from some of my other friends too of like, dude, you could totally build a game. Just like, just do it. You know, like one of those things. And I'm like, you know, I'm like real bad at peer pressure, I guess. So (laughs) I started. uh, You could say no to drugs, but you can't say no to pinball. Yeah. I mean, it just depends what it is, you know? Uh, So did you think that from working on Earthshaker that the bottleneck was the actual programming side of it? You thought you had the hardware and everything else. So was that the yeah, eye-opening hardware, moment? I wasn't too well. The problem is I. The problem I say it is a problem. The problem is I have a good understanding of hardware and software, so I wasn't really intimidated by any of it. I was more just intimidated by if I could make something cool or not. Mm. So that was that was you my. Did. That was my test, right? So I'm like, can I make something cool with this earth shaker, right? And and for me, I thought it was cool. Like it was a simple rule set. It expanded a little bit on what was already there in Earthshaker. Um, I just kind of replicated sort of how Earthshaker worked, but with you know tweaking it a bit. I used new vocal callouts. Uh, I had my wife actually record the vocal callouts for me. Awesome. Um, it's it's really neat. Um, the whole thing runs off of like a Raspberry Pi, which is kind of neat too. Um, and then, yeah, the light shows, I was, uh, consulting with Dutch pinball at the time Okay. and they let me use their light show generator, which is, I don't know if this was a big thing back in like 2014 Mm. uh, and like 2012 and 2014, somewhere in between there. This is, this was huge. Like Dutch pinball made this light show animator that was like a, like, um, hardware, like flash software so it was uh it was a software application that was like a flash animation generator where okay. you would take a picture of your play field map out where all the inserts go and then you would you could like you could swipe like animations over it and it would translate that into a file that you could program into your pinball machine and make it do those light shows and you must have used that in tna because like the lighting in tna is second to none where i can just see that it was like created from like a visual standpoint first where things just it's like organic i don't know i don't want to is that is that okay that is yeah 100 percent. so that those light shows were generated using the dutch pinball framework which is super cool and that was all yeah that was all done you know with permission obviously yep um so yeah super cool stuff i mean it yeah, working closely with those guys was a lot of fun too. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's how that kind of started. Like I, I proved to myself I could make something fun. I brought that to shows. I brought it to you know just different places to share with people. Yep. Um, and then, you know, I was like, okay, well, I want to build a game from scratch. Let's do. Let me see if I can do everything on it. And I, I gave myself a one year timeline. It was in the, it was in like November of 2015 when I said to myself, like, Hey, I'm going to make this game. I barely have an idea. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to do all of it. Uh, and I have to have a playable version by expo 2016. And that's what I said to myself. And I was like, and I was like, that's, it was so aggressive. Uh, and I, I did, I pulled it off. Yeah. So expo 2016 was the first time the uh, the world got to see it firsthand, like in real life. Ah. And it was just unreal to me. I didn't think people were going to really like it because I built it for me. I I was like, I want, I love the older games, like the 80s style games. And I, I wanted this particular thing 
and I wanted to do RGB light shows, like full RGB light shows in this thing, the way that I wished Jersey Jack would have done it in Wizard of Oz. <laughs> you know, it's not it's not a it's not a big knock on Jersey Jack. They they right. had they had this technology, right? And it's insane on Wizard of Oz. And people were it was the most advanced lighting system in a pinball machine to date, right? When that game came out. Mm-hmm. But I in my opinion, I think they overused it, which would be expected because it's new and fresh and insane, right? So I was like, you know, I would love to show myself and show other people what you can do with a full RGB system by using it only when it matters. You know, when you're playing TNA, there's lights blinking. Yeah, that's that, you know, it's not rainbows everywhere. It's no, not like, yeah. But sometimes. Sometimes. I mean, Why can, is no one else using, maybe they are, but like I still see it enough, like the RGB GI. Like it's, mm, you know, nothing. They're not very bright. <laughs> But I don't the care. They look so good. Oh, man. Well, it, so for, I went through a lot of iterations to try to get RGB lights uh, for the GI on TNA at bright enough to where they could actually act like GI. Uh, that was really tough. Though I ended up going with like a, a very, very bright, specially designed 10 millimeter LED. It's an RGB LED that we had to have custom made. Because oh. I just couldn't find anything like we, yeah, we had to actually get it manufactured. Ugh. So it's a pain. But if you look at that thing, we've got, uh, you know, the, there's tons of replacement parts for those. But they, because yep. uh, we made so many of them, um, but yeah, that's I, I couldn't find anything bright enough. But I did finally. Yeah. But it's not easy. Do you have anything to do with? Um... TNE 2.0 being re-released or was it kind of just like to consult with you or was it? I do. Yeah. So the, there were talks with spooky about rerunning it again. Um, they wanted to run it in between um, their uh, Halloween Ultraman and Scooby-Doo. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you know, no problem. Um, you know, we uh, agreed on a, uh, you know, like timelines and stuff and how many they were going to sell and everything. So that was really cool. Um, what I didn't realize was the uh, cost that it was going to come out at, unfortunately. Mm. And I had a lot of people very upset, including including myself. I was not, I was a bit upset about the fact that it was so expensive and I did ask them about it. And um, it was like, you know, they just kept saying like, hey, it's just, you know, Prices have gone up on all this stuff. Labor's gone up, all this other stuff. They just kept saying that stuff. But I, you know, I don't have any, I don't work there. I don't have any insight into anything like that. So I just have to trust them. Um, You know, and I can't, I I can't tell them like, no, you can't sell it for (laughs) $9,000. You can't do that. You have to sell it for $7,500. I can't say that. Like that's, you know, yeah. You know, I, I, yeah, for me, like, and honestly, I just, I get a flat, I will get a flat royalty for every TNA that is sold. And that oh. is it. Yeah. I should, I should buy another one. Are you proud of TNA? Uh, very, very much. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah, it's, it's basically like, it's everything I ever wanted in a pinball machine. Um, all put together. And I, I believe it's, it's done right. It's done really well. You know, I probably would have put a faster computer in it, maybe. Um, because I, to solve the video issues I was having, you can't tell by playing it, 
at all because I've disguised every sort of problem uh, okay. that happens in there like really, really well. Yeah. Um, I'm hiding it, but it struggles to it struggles to play those full screen videos uh, when there's a million other things happening. And I'm also running the light shows at 30 frames per second. So every single LED, 107 of them in TNA is updating itself 30 times per second. So it's, it's very, very, uh, very, very intense what it's actually doing with those, with those light shows. And that's how I'm able to get those really nice fades and everything too. Let me ask you even maybe dorkier question. Sure. Uh, video files on that. What are they? MKV, MP4s, MP4s. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I'm running straight MP4s on it. Um, yeah, it just doesn't like to run uh, the full screen stuff while the light shows are doing crazy crap. And why is it that that sounds like very high quality wave uncompressed? Maybe it's not. I mean, maybe it's just really well. Oh, the audio? Yeah. Versus like a Stern or everything else. Yeah, because the, the MP4s aren't containing the audio. The MP4s mm. are only doing the video. Uh, the audio is running on a separate uh, channel completely. Yeah. Okay. So it's got its own, it's at its own little thing, but it's all running on one core, which is like... It's running out of Python, so it's doing uh, it's all that processing, including video, audio, everything is all running from one core of the CPU. Jesus, which, which stinks because yeah. I, I, that's why I wish I had a little more power for it because I could have like been a little sloppier with my code. I didn't have to, I wouldn't have had to like write such efficient like little tweaks to it. All right, well let's let's save that for a little bit when we review that fucker. Um, sure. Let me. I am not. <laughs> what what do you call the music? I'm I'm much more of a rock, punk rock, metal, like just you know, it's sure. the music that you make and listen to, other than synth wave and electronic I say electronic. What is it kind of what's the the genre? What's the genre of it? Well, I just say like I, I listen to mostly electronic music. Okay. But there are a lot of other exceptions that I do listen to. I listen to a lot of eighties music as well. Right. Yeah. Like what Eddie Van Money Halen is awesome, or? by the way. Well okay. Van Halen's great. L- yeah. Listen to, you know what? Listen to this. Eddie Money made a lot of really good hits, dude. It, yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty great. Like it, it sounds crazy because you're like, ah, he does like one hit wonder guy. Nah, go play his top hits. You're gonna be like, I know that song. I remember that song. I remember that song. You'd be like, all right, Eddie Money, you're all right. And then watch that, watch that shaken music video because he's absolutely just hilarious in that. It, it's kind of like uh, what's another, like Fountains of Wayne. Where people are like, oh, Fonzo and Stacy's mom. I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, but but have you heard the song <laughs> "That Thing You Do"? Or have you heard like their their arms and you know into certain music recordings? Like, oh shit, they've made a lot of like, yeah. Unfortunately, oh god, Fonzo Wayne. Yeah, um, but, it's okay. cool. So yeah, I listen to a lot of that. I do. Uh, I listen to a uh, small range of like punk rock and stuff too. Nice, um, like SNFU and uh, Husker Du and stuff. They're pretty good. Do you know um, the band Counterpunch out of Chicago? I chance? don't. I uh, don't, but I should write that down probably. Yeah, the the bass player recorded with us last time, but fantastic. Oh, that's cool. Um, okay, yeah. so I, I asked that. For those out there who know electronic music, what's your favorite artist? I guess maybe it's not electronic. I'm the just assuming artist? too much. Oh, the like what I'm artist. listening to like right now the most? Sure. Um, probably an artist called Black Sun Empire. Black Sun um, Empire. That is a drum and bass duo that uh, makes some absolutely sick drum and bass music. That they're really, really talented. Okay. Um, yeah, that stuff's awesome. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of like 
like that really like so synthwave got kind of overplayed for me um and yeah, i listened to a ton of that like back in like 2014 and up but i've been listening to more of like the hardcore like cyberpunk stuff too mm. um those and honestly what's weird about that is that they're almost all one hit wonders making these songs so i couldn't even tell you like a good artist to go listen to like you know good quality cyberpunk music <laughs> it's because it, they're all it's random man and like it's these kids in their in their bedrooms making this crazy stuff you know do you like this is what tna reminds me of the music when i first hear it like gut reaction right when i hear it is some of the stuff off the drive soundtrack mm-hmm. um do you know the song or you have night call by kavinsky yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's I've, the synthwave stuff that I kind of burned out on, though. Yeah, that's what I thought you were good. I I wanted to put that song in TNA when I had it. Like, I, I want to put nice. this song in it. Not as the main theme, but just in there. Like, maybe like Somewhere. Reactor 4 yeah. or something. You know, some shit mm-hmm. like, you know, because it just seemed like it fits so well. Um, that's a song yeah. I like to listen to. Oh, same with TNA. Like, at night, on the highway, by myself, put it on, crank it. That, that's yeah, my thing. Just cruising music, man. Yeah. Oh goddamn. It's great. Yeah, there's a there's something about that hundred BPM stuff. It's really good. Did you ever listen to the network? Green Day's kind of the band that they didn't say was them, but they did like this eighties no, kind I, of I did not. No. Ah, I should check probably it out. look that up though. They they wear masks and everything, so they don't call them by their names, but it's 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 Green Day with a with a keyboardist. Um yeah, That's the funny. network. But it's same, same shit. All right. I need to get that out of the way because I don't know shit about synthwave and all that, but I'm sure a lot of people who out there do want to know cool. what what Scott Denise yeah, is listening good. to. Yeah, go listen. Go listen to some Black Sun Empire. You'll see what I'm talking about. They're uh, it's pretty great. It was actually I oh. went and saw them in concert uh, a couple years ago, and I've been to hundreds of raves in my life. Okay, which are uh, underground warehouse in a field <laughs> in a barn. Yeah, it's like anywhere, and they yeah, and they. They purposely at raves uh, bring in the largest sound systems they can, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're in the middle of nowhere. You're, it's like it's this illegal thing. They want it as loud as possible for you. But I saw Black Sun Empire, and they did a show over at um, Sound Bar in Chicago, and it was the loudest thing I've ever heard. Louder than a Tool concert. Loud. Oh. And I, I was, it was so loud that my earplugs, my, my actual like musician earplugs that bring yep. everything down by like yep. 15 dB, yep. uh, my ears are ringing through those at the end of the night. Jesus. I'm like, I, I damaged my ears through my earplugs. Like, <laughs> and there were people there, there were people there, no earplugs on. The last show you mentioned, the last show that I saw that pissed me off about a live venue was 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 Tool because they were playing at the Target uh, Excel Center in Minneapolis. And to me, I, I can't listen to Tool in a big center like that. I need I need good acoustics because Tool, like you know, you get the metalheads who go it's, like, oh, it's fucking metal. Like, no, it's really good music that just happens yeah. to have a lot of metal in it. So when you it's can't intricate. hear it, yeah, it's very intricate. I mean, it's prog rock at its finest. Um, and that one was the same thing. I had the earplugs, like, can't hear shit. Maynard actually blew his voice out, so they, they had to cut the set in half, but I, I've seen him a few times. But that was th- the best time I ever saw, I guess it was Perfect Circle, but at the Quest in the Minneapolis, Prince's old bar, 
very small venue. And when Perfect Circle first came out with like Nine Inch Nails and they were touring with them, they weren't same thing. They weren't telling anyone. So like we went there and like, oh my god, this is fucking this is Maynard and what the fuck is this? But that's a lot better acoustics. You could hear it and it's fantastic. Oh, but yeah. that's a place like three hundred people versus. I'm sure. Yeah, someone that's so me. cool, man. All right. So this next segment, uh, people want to get to know your balls. All right. We're getting to know your balls. So this has been evolving lately. It was always just kind of asking people questions about pinball, what you prefer, this or that kind of stuff. Um, We've started to put in a little more personal questions. (laughs) We started last week and I started asking some fear stuff. And Greg Bowen looked at me uh, at the pinball awards. He looked at me like, "Uh, I'm I'm afraid of everything. And like the whole room just... (laughs) It's kind of like, oh shit, this is getting dark. Uh, so I put it some really depressing piano music to it and brought it darker. But anyway, let's nice. get going on this. Um, okay. Do you prefer location or home play for pinball? Oh, heck yeah. This is an easy one. I prefer being on location and playing um, because putting money in a game is way more of an investment of your ability to play that game. Like you need to, you need to really focus on what you're doing, right? My buddy and I put dollars in that thing. It's like our money's on the line. We got to keep that ball alive. We got to get on this. You know, we, we got to keep playing this thing. Um, so it's just, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's also, uh, it's also really cool to play the games on location too, because sometimes they're broken. Yeah. Uh, and that is a fun thing to try to play around. Right. So let's say that there's a bunch of targets on, uh, you're, you're playing Dracula, right? And there's a bunch of targets that are busted and you can't get the multi-ball started because you can't like the castle locks. Mm-hmm. So you got to change it. You got to change up your strategy now. You got to be like, all right, those targets don't work. So I, I got to get just missed going and I got to get, you know, the coffin lock going because that's sort of working. Or maybe the ramp doesn't lift, you know, and you just got to like spam the ramp a whole bunch. You know, I don't know. It's it gives you a different perspective on how to play it. Like your left flipper's dead. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, try and play through it. it. It's the only time where playing a broken game is kind of fun. Cause at home it's like, all right, we'll take the glass off, figure you know, fix it and do that shit. Yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. lame. Just leave it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on, on location, I don't <laughs> give a shit at home. <laughs> my God. Uh, all right. Uh, going to the other side of the coin. Uh, right. See if you want to answer this. Uh, what sure. is one of the, one of your biggest fears in life? fears okay so uh a serious answer to that uh, i am actually afraid of something very strange um and i can tell you why i'm afraid of it and i think i know exactly where it came from okay uh, i am i have something called submechanophobia. okay i figured mm. out there's a word for it recently okay uh and by recently i mean like maybe six years ago um <laughs> but i don't like mechanical things underwater where they shouldn't be Okay, so I'll give you some examples of things that yeah. freak me out, and I'll give you some examples of things that don't freak me out. Okay. Um, so swimming pools don't bother me, okay? Those right. are mechanical things. Those are mechanical bodies of water, sort of, I guess. Sure. Um, I Swimming in the ocean and seeing, while having my goggles on, and seeing the man-made... Um, concrete structures that are on the bottom of the uh of, of the deeper part of the ocean there to keep the waves under control yeah uh, freaks me out i want to get away from that um i don't know why 
So, and I know where this came from. The ultimate scary thing was we were swimming in a quarry in college and we were trying to, we were diving down deep to see like, cause the water was decently clear. We were trying to dive down to see who could like dive down the furthest. And it got really cold, you know, like you ever been, mm-hmm. you ever in swimming in a yeah, lake yeah. like that where you can, where it's like super, super deep and you can go down and it actually starts getting a little darker yep. as you go down and then it like, you pop back up. It's just kind of fun. Well, we were swimming down there and I'm diving down and it's getting cold. And at the bottom of the goddamn quarry, there's uh, an old rusty like backhoe that had fallen in there a long, long time ago. Oh. And I saw that and I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm like, I am, I am out of here. I never went back into that water. Like, I'm like, I'm not going in there. No way. I don't know what it is. But wow. that was the first time I realized, like, that's an irrational fear uh, that is something that I just don't think I can get over. And I don't think I really even want to try and get over it. I don't care. <laughs> What's it called again? Submechanophobia. Man. So, yeah, like, yeah. sometimes you, if you see, like, pipes and crap going down into water, that's a little that's a little creepy. Yeah. Like, that, that bothers me a little bit. Like, wow. the Hoover Dam intake ports. Yeah, that's that's awful. That's awful. Imagine swimming by that. Screw that, man. <laughs> Screw that. All right. Well, let's bring Screw you up that. a little bit. What's your favorite era of pinball? Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Good. OK, let me snap out of that for a second. OK, <laughs> yeah, right, not swim thinking up. about water, not thinking about Hoover Dam. Swim yeah. out. <laughs> My favorite era is like is totally the 80s stuff, maybe the early 90s stuff. Um, mm. I really love the creativity that was going on back in the eighties. And I just, I have a really good respect for that. I I think it kind of shows too, with what I put in TNA. I wanted to um, kind of recreate something of that era with modern technology. So uh, yeah, definitely my favorite era for sure. Okay. Do you have any horror stories from the secondary market, buying, selling, trading, any of that kind of stuff? Um. Okay, so I have, this is going to offend some people, and I apologize ahead of time. I mean nothing by it, okay? Uh, and But the horror story I have is I went to go buy a Tron pinball machine, right? Which is mm. an amazing game, right? Yep. And this I'm is in the, market the year. For one right now. Perfect. This is the year 2020, right? The pandemic's kind of doing its thing, right? Yeah. I'm going in, you know, I'm going in to buy this game. Guy took some pictures of it. Looks really good. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Um, He was asking a decent price for it. You know, it sounded great. I'm like, okay, you know, I just sold some other games. I got some money here. I'm going to go pick up this Tron. And um, guy was super nice. Had some really nice games, right? Like all these games lined up. And, uh, I went in there, I took one look at the Tron and, uh, I'm like, I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, it, something's not right here. Something's not right. I'm looking at this thing and the play field looks brand new on it. Okay. okay. And he didn't say anything. He didn't say anything about brand new play field swapping and anything like that. Um, like you could tell like how shiny new. it was. Yeah. I could tell by the wear and the scoop. That's the first thing I look for. Um, because Tron get that scoop gets just hammered on Tron. Um, so you can tell about how many plays are on the, on the actual play field. So I saw that the scoop looked new. I'm like, okay, there's something funky going on here. I'm like, did you buy this game new? I'm like, where'd you get this game from? 
And he's like, oh, I got it. Uh, I got it brand new from Stern. I unboxed it myself. And I'm like, well, did you playfield swap it or anything? And he's like, uh, he's like, no, no, not, no playfield swapping or anything. It's just, uh, you know, I just, um, I, uh, I don't, I don't actually play my games. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I'm like, I kind of, my, my head's like tilting a little bit and I'm like, really? Uh, okay. So I, uh, he's like, well, you know, I mean, sometimes I like turn them on and like let the grandkids play them, you know, and then like, you know, turn it off. Um, and I'm like, what? Okay. So I like pop it open real quick. I'm like checking the audits on the thing and it had 50 plays on it in like 10 years. Wow. Yeah. And I'm oh. like, what is what? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, sold. Okay. Yeah. I'll buy the it. Money. Yeah. Here's <laughs> yeah, the money. Right. But I'm like, I'm horrified <laughs> by this though, that you haven't even oh. really played the game. I'm like, I mean, what? It, it didn't occur to me yet at that point in my life that there are people out there that collect pinball machines that don't actually play them. Um, and right. it was a big shock for me. Uh, it was, it, you know, I, I always thought people were like kind of kidding when they would joke about that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this, uh, it, he's like, he's like, don't you want to like pop it open or anything? Like eh, take the glass off it or something like, nah, it's good. I'm like, I, I don't care. Yeah. Like, Cause I, I'll, I don't even care if it works, dude. I'm like, I don't even care if it has a CPU in it right at this point. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like 50 plays, you know. bro. Yeah. 50 so is that plays that one on the thing behind you. Uh, it's the one. Yeah. It's the one behind me. Yeah, there's a camera going on back. Yeah. It had like, it had all sorts of mods put in it too. I had to take out some of them cause I'm not really a mod guy, but, um, you, well, what about the ramp lights? You got the ramp lights on there? Oh, I had it. So it didn't have ramp lights, but I did track down the guy that actually, uh, built the ramp lights and, uh, got myself a kit. Those are like completely okay. non-existent anymore. I know. I'm trying to buy um, Raymond Davidson's right now. He's he's tickling oh, me nice. with it. Yeah, but I. So uh, Doc was saying, you have. Is it all Powerballs in that thing back there? Yeah, yeah. So that's well. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's actually my favorite game. That's not TNA. <laughs> it's right now. Shit. To play. God, you're making me want yeah. it even more. Fuck. Yeah, it's such uh, a good game, and I I actually um. I have a, I, like when Pinball Browser was new, I made a Tron, like I made a I made like a Tron version of the software with like all Daft Punk songs in it and all Daft Punk remixes. So it's oh, all shit. like 100% Daft Punk junk in there. But yeah, it, with the Powerballs in it, it's, you can't play, so never play Tron. If you get a Tron, don't even put steel balls in it, man. Seriously, throw them in the garbage. Okay. Go get yourself four Powerballs, put them in there from the beginning and don't look back. Tell it's me why. It's the only way to play that game. It's just, it makes it, it makes it chaotic. It makes it, it's very fast and it's just way more fun with those Powerballs. Fuck, God damn it. Ray it has Day, a completely different dynamic when you're playing. Yeah, it sucks. And I know the Powerballs are expensive, so that sucks too. But uh, I'm sorry, not worth sorry. worth it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, okay. <laughs> so uh, what's uh, beyond Tron, what's something in yeah. life you're grateful for? Oh man, dude. Well, it's going to sound super stupid and corny. I apologize ahead of time. Um, but I am very thankful for the people that supported myself and like all the projects that I'm working on. There are tons of people that are, you know, putting their hard earned money into stuff that I'm making. Um, that is like that I wouldn't personally be able to do because of money, you know, like mm -hmm. I cannot buy a $9,000 pinball machine. Um, 
but there are people that are doing that. And that's, uh, it's very humbling and, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And I do really appreciate that. Um, no, that's not corny. That's a fantastic answer. It's, (laughs) it's super corny, but yeah, it's, (laughs) it's, thank you for all the people that helped me. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. But (laughs) no, I'm really appreciative for real. Like it's, uh, it's crazy. It's super crazy. It's nuts to like to see those things out in the wild. It's crazy. I I, I get it. Like when when you make something and someone actually wants to spend money on it, it just feels weird. Yeah. Imposter weird, syndrome right? style. Yeah. Yeah. Like yep. when someone buys my album, like I get a notification. I bought it today. Someone bought my album. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I bought like, that. That's shit. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Hell that's crazy. Duh, fuck, dude. That that is that that I'm appreciative for, and that's that's crazy that people. I mean, it's it's very validating because of how much work goes into this stuff. But yeah. at the same time, it's just like, you know, I, it, yeah. Anyway, I'm super appreciative and very humbled by that. So when you're playing pinball, do you like hitting ramps or spinners better? Oh, come on, man. You've seen my games. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Ramps. <laughs> yeah. Spinners. Fucking man. ramps. Spinners all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, forget ramps, man. Ramps are just there to, to add money to the game. No, I'm just kidding. Um, mm. Jokes. But, uh, the uh the spinners just feel so good man kind of game they're just so, they're so fun especially when someone lights the spinner like you put a really bright insert underneath the spinner and while Star the spinner's Trek. spinning it flashes and then it yeah, yeah i got that uh i got that thing from steve Ritchie, man i uh i did that in tna where that inserts right under there and it just like boom, like you have to colorful yeah crap yep. yeah yeah dude steve is the king of that stuff What's something, I guess it could be pinball related, but it doesn't have to be. What's something you want in life? Ooh, something I want in life. Oh, man. So I personally strive to have a very peaceful life. I just want like peaceful stuff, right? So like my house is, we set it up to like where everything's pretty peaceful and like stress-free. And we try, like my wife and I try not to like bring stress home, uh, except for like when we're, I'm, but you know, I'm working on stuff. Um, yeah. It kind of goes against all the stuff I create because I create stressful, intense music, stressful, intense pinball games, yet I just want peace. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of funny. But yeah, if I had to say something that I want in life, I would have to say peace because it's just... It feels good to be in a peaceful area, right? I think most people kind of want that. Yeah, this is not a lie. My wife convinced me to see a therapist like two years ago. Not because of like, oh shit, fucking crazy. Just, you could use it. Uh, And I knew why. Yeah, and the thing she asked me was like, what do you want? And for me, I I just want peace. Like, I just want this to stop. Yeah, yeah. Like, just creating, creating nonstop. So at home, like... I, I the, my biggest problem is shutting it off. I, ju- I just fucking can't do it. I can't relax. I can't not create. I can't, you know, yeah, just, so I, I totally, dude, when you say it, I'm shaking my head. I just, I get it. <laughs> I fucking mm-hmm. get it, dude. I think people with attention deficit hyperactive disorder do just strive for peace because peace is very hard to get in, in their brains. Can't get it. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it doesn't exist unless you like force it to exist. Uh, and, and it's very, very hard to do. Um, but, you know, over time you can you can learn to deal with it better. You know, um, do you get this when you're making music? When I'm making music, 
Um, and I'm re- like, not a song that I'm like really like, ah, I can't figure it out. And I'm really forcing it. But one that kind of, you know, when they write themselves and you're in it for like eight, I'll go like eight hours straight. If it's one that's like writing itself, our guitar, bass, vocals, drums, mix, like it just keeps coming, keeps coming. I don't yeah. eat. I don't think I don't need anything. I just suddenly it's like eight hours later. I'm like, oh, and that for me is peace. Like I'm just focused on this thing and it just pours out yeah. and I'm not thinking about shit. But if I'm not doing that, then I'm like, I, I got to be, I got to be, you know. Do you get like yeah, that when yeah. you're in the groove of, of writing a song? I do. And that's actually the, um, that's the hyper focusing of like ADHD uh, that I suffer from uh, as I am assuming that you do as well <laughs> from that. <laughs> from that. Well, uh, you know, my therapist thought so. They did the test twice and I'm like right on the border. It's kind of like, well, I can control it if I really want to. But I, it's, but I also can't. Well, uh, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's difficult. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that whole, um, obsession thing is, uh, is your brain just hyper-focusing on something. But what's nice is that when I try to explain to people, um, what goes on in someone's brain with ADHD, it's like, imagine like a bunch of different televisions that are on inside your brain. Like you close your eyes, there's a bunch of televisions, right? You don't actually yep. see this, obviously, but like you have one big television in front of you, which is what you are currently doing, right? Like I'm currently sitting at my computer talking with you, um, but I have all these other televisions on that are surrounding the big television and they're all really interesting crap, right? And yeah. I'm constantly like looking away from the main television and looking at the other thing and looking at that and like going, Oh yeah, that thing. And then looking back at the thing I'm supposed to be doing and then forgetting what I was doing. Right. But then you want those televisions to shut off the other ones so that you can just hyper-focus. And what happens is with, with the ADHD is it swings really hard one way or the other. Every single person has multiple things they're kind of thinking about at the same time, but it's really large swings in that and that hyperactivity versus hyper-focused that uh, really cause problems for people with ADD and ADHD. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's crazy, man. So yeah, all, all, all I want is peace. Fucking (laughs) a long, long, (laughs) see, I went on a tangent because of all the televisions in my head going up. Uh, No, I can roll with all that. I'm the same way. Um, it makes for some interesting creative people though. Some of It's the a most, double-edged sword. Yeah, some of the most creative and smart people that I know are like way worse than myself in terms of ADD in terms of like all sorts of crazy crap that they're doing. Um yeah, they some of the best people I know are have that same issue. So yep. it's just a it's just a thing that happens. When you can focus on a game, what is your favorite moment in a pinball game? Oh, favorite moment in a pinball game? How about my favorite moment that has happened to me in a pinball game? Yeah, even better. How about that? Because like everyone can say like, oh yeah, Showtime on Adam's Family, you know? Sure. You're like, but then I've got something really interesting. Uh, We had at work uh, for a while because my boss is funny. uh, He bought a Thunderbirds. Okay. Okay. You know, like it's... uh, that is, uh, it's a bad pinball machine. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. bad. Um, for a number of reasons, which we could talk about sometime. Um, but we had it there and we're like, okay, well, let's, let's play it. We got it. Let's play it. Right. Yeah. So 
everyone knows like the whole international rescue, like spell it out thing. It's like really like it's kind of funny. So we're all just kind of like trying to spell international rescue, which is basically impossible because the game just like is so the geometry is all messed up and it's like just not right. And it's hard to hit that ramp shot and all sorts of stuff. So it's like we, we're getting through this thing and it's international rescue gives you like 20,000 points every time you spell a letter. Right. Okay. And we're, I'm playing this thing and I'm really far along, dude. I'm through international already. And like my buddies are standing around with me, like coworkers, and they're like, oh my God. I'm like, I'm like, I got to do this, dude. I got to do it. I'm getting 20,000 points, 20,000 points. I'm hitting it. I've got like one letter left. You ready for this? One letter left. Get it. I shoot up the ramp. It goes all the way around, right? I get it. I I spelled international rescue. And I'm just like, now what happens, right? I'm like, so excited. And, and I'm like, what's happening? I'm looking at the display. I'm looking at the play field. I'm doing this. All the lights go out on International Rescue. The display pops up and it says 20,000 points. And then it starts over. That's it? That's it. God. That's it. That's what it does. And Fuck. Least, that's, what the, that's what it did on the game that we had. It did nothing. Nothing uh, at all, except it, I mean, it qualified the light for international rescue. I mean, I don't know. It didn't did you do feel anything, though. dead inside? No, I felt amazing, because if it would have actually <laughs> done something amazing, like, that would have been, right. like, you know, I, the fact that it's just such a crappy game, and so it, it, it had to do nothing. Like, it really did have to do nothing. Otherwise, I would have been really upset. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> so it, it was perfect. Favorite game to play right now? Uh, favorite game to play right now um that's not tna and i know this is so stupid sounding but i actually do play i do play tna um it, it the game that i play the most by myself is tron powerball tron god damn it of course not regular it not regular tron with steel balls because that's cheating powerball tron with <sighs> the daft punk sounds in it which is uh, Gigatron, let me know. Uh, I'm gonna and I'm gonna. God damn it. So like my whole day has been consumed by like trying to piece together Trons with multiple people and um <laughs> It's fine, it's fine. Take your time. Take your time. Don't they'll rush it. Like, I've been trying like... for like three years. Yeah. I, oh, okay, all right. Well, yeah, yeah right, I'm a, I'm at that point where I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Um that's it's like either bad. you find one and it's gone in ten minutes, or someone uh, lists it for like way over and they're like, Yeah. I'm like, dude. I know what I have. And you're like, no, dude, you're like, sell it for like a real price. Yeah. Don't be inhuman. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Come Um, on, dude. I just want to throw Powerballs in this thing. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So do you have a least favorite game right now? Yeah. Thunderbirds. There you go. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Okay. Well, that was getting to know your balls. Now, um, that's long-winded too. Sorry, I got like long-winded answers for everything. I hope you're ready for this. I love all of it. I'm not even. Gonna, yeah. I'm, so far, I'm not going to edit anything. I think a lot of this conversation, people love it. I, I'm, I'm having a great time. Let's review Total Nuclear Annihilation. So this game, I don't know if you know this, was uh, created, designed by Scott DC, uh, who did a little bit of it. But man, you did what? Is there anything you didn't didn't do in the game? Let me yeah, just there is something way. I didn't do. No, there's a bunch of things I didn't do. I did not 
create the Linux operating system for the game. <laughs> no shit. Okay. So I didn't do that. What branch is um, it running, by the way? Do you know off the top of your uh, It is running a custom distribution built by uh, a buddy of mine, Jimmy, who owns 86 Pixels, who does a ton of other pinball stuff. He built the wizard blocks. Thanks, uh, Jimmy. Recently. Yeah, okay. Jimmy. Jimmy's awesome. Um, so yeah, he did the Linux operating system. It's called Pinix, actually. <laughs> Fuck. Nice. It's designed to run as efficiently as possible and only like run what it's supposed to do. So anyway, okay. I did not do that. I did not create most of the animations in the game. Most okay. of the animations of the game were created by uh, David Van S. Um, and then we used a bunch of other like cool like stock video stuff from his collection um obviously all legit stuff but uh yeah there's some just neat things in there um i did not do the artwork on the game that artwork was done by matt andrews oh yeah and it's amazing um yeah so i gave him like i was like hey man i I'm a terror. So just by the way, like I'm a terrible art director just in general, and I'm not getting any better at it. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know why, but like artwork for me is very hard to like put into words and put into mm. examples. Mm-hmm. So I was talking with Matt uh, about this stuff and I've worked with Matt now for years on different stuff. But uh, when we were doing TNA, I was like, Hey, I want like this loud eighties synth wavy looking crazy thing with these fonts and this, that. And I'm like, I don't know what that looks like. I'm like, but we need to do like the back glass needs to be very detailed. The cabinet needs to be simple. The play field needs to be a kind of in between, you know, cause I didn't like overly complicated play fields. Yeah. Good call. Um, and like the side of the cabinet needs to, and I sent him a picture of the old Bally Midway cabinets with the big pinball on the side. Oh yeah. Do you yeah. remember those like yeah, strange yeah, yeah. science in the 6803 games? Uh, so I sent him a picture of one of those and I said, I want a big old pinball on the side as like an homage to these old Bally games. Uh, and then, you know, and that's what he did. Like actually, uh, it's buried back there, but it's uh yeah, it's a big old pinball on the side, obviously. Um, the, uh, the back glass was, I wanted him to make a nice detailed back glass with a female character on it. Um, because I wanted to give Matt a little bit of redemption from the magic girl stuff that he was working uh, on before that. Cause so okay. he was helping John Papaduke with that magic girl artwork and he does such good work. I wanted to make sure that he like kind of was able to just let loose on something cool like that and uh, and really spend some time. And the people see the back glass most anyway. You know, you're not really paying attention to the play field too much nah. when you're playing the game. Right. When the game's standing there, like, in an arcade, you see the back glass. Like, so that's where we wanted to spend the time. It looks fantastic. It's it's awesome. I, I love the way it turned out. There's all it's sorts so of crap good. hidden in it, too. Like, ridiculously funny things hidden in it. Um, but we, Is it a lot? Yeah. You know, is a lot of personal stuff or is it things that like, is yeah, it all it's pers- it's some of it's personal. Uh, let me, let me just look at it. Uh, yeah. there is a picture of a guy at standing at a computer inside one of the reactors. It's supposed to look like he's in the, in the reactor. Okay. Um, he is looking at some code and that's actually a screenshot of the code of that's actually in the game. Nice. Uh, dude. Off my computer. So that's kind of cool. My Fiero is hidden in the back glass too. Uh, 
the there's like a thing um i'm turning around like away from my my microphone i apologize no, that's okay. um, there's a little like a radioactive container that says like parts from terry on it that's an homage oh. to uh, my boss who donated a ton of parts for my prototype and for the white wood and stuff getting it running um yeah there's all sorts of junk in there yeah just dig around in there guys Every, just you'll find stuff okay tna backlash in there so outside yeah. the art the linux the yeah what else didn't yeah didn't... so the code base that i started on is written by a guy who it's called skeleton game which is basically a sample game to kind of get you running and get you started and i use that as a starting point um to, but i just totally destroyed it like if he saw what i did to it which he kind of did uh he'd, he'd shake his head at me how much i just like hard-coded everything um, yeah. I didn't. I didn't use his framework the way he envisioned people using his framework. I basically was just changing the framework to make it like BTNA, okay. um, which is great for the you know, which is great for me because that's you know, it's TNA stuff. You know, it's real easy to see where things are. But um, yeah, that's uh, yeah. So he did that. Michael Ocean did that. Uh, that's the guy's name. Uh, what else did I not do on that game? I did not uh, do any assembly on any of the games. Oh, <laughs> well, the prototype, right? I built the prototype. I built I built two games, though. I guess that's a lie. I built two games. I built the Whitewood, and I built a prototype with artwork on it. You know, someone once, uh, I forget what game I was trading. It was a high value, like a Lord of the Rings, something you know everyone wants. I don't remember what it was. It was a few yeah. months ago. Someone in Chicago offered me up a TNA Whitewood Oh, game. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's gone now. That's actually that headed to Berlin, I think. No shit. Yeah, it's gone now, man. It got shipped overseas. Well, as so much I may, as I, I like may the never kind see of, it again. I like the Whitewood, the history, but I mean the art is too good to like not have the full color on that in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. That oh. um what's cool though is that that Whitewood game has a six hundred watt car stereo system installed in it. <laughs> Yeah, so there was a there was a reason that that game got a lot of attention. It shows is because it was just absolutely louder than everything else. Ah, and that's already yeah. a loud ass game. Yeah, it's uh, it's loud for sure. It, that was that was the reason. Like one of the reasons it got a lot of attention. <laughs> it's loud, yeah, like color wise system. and sound. It's loud, yeah, yeah color wise and sound and everything. Yeah, it's just a loud game, man. Um, yeah, but that's about it. Everything else on it I did. Um, yeah, all the engineering, all the engineering, all the, the wire layouts and stuff, and all that stuff was, was done by me. So, All right. There's one question I'm going to ask you after all this about it, but uh, I'm just going to write it down. All right, let's talk about... So I go theme, gameplay, rules, visuals, and audio are my reviews. It's out of 10. Pick a number out of 10. Um, yeah, and then it's, you know, and we go from there. So theme, nice. uh, why don't you start? What do you think? <laughs> what do you, what so, do you get that out of 10? So, all right. So this is, okay. Can I tell a story before we start this? Yes. Do you care if I tell a quick story? Not um, at all. Please I do. put in, so I built this game as a game that I wanted for myself and for my friends to play dollar games on, right? That was okay. the ultimate goal of that Whitewood was to build a cool game, proof out some cool concepts, show people how to use RGB lighting properly, you know? put some kick-ass sound into it because I, I mean, I've been writing music since 1996, uh, electronic music, right? I, yeah. My early stuff sucked really bad, but I got, 
I got a little <laughs> better at it over time. So I was like, I'm going to put this in the game. I want to do all of it. I just wanted to, it was just a fun thing. Right. So I go on Pinside when the game gets released and, uh, you know, you ever look through Pinside reviews? Oh, you, ever, you ever yeah. seen any of that stuff? It's all, it's like a, it's yeah. like a cesspool of crazy crap. Yeah. Right. People yep. flagging each yep. other all over the place. Like, like, I don't oh, agree yeah. with they your flagged reviews. me. I'm flagging it. Cause I, I reviewed got a Godzilla premium, like, 8.9 and since it was under nine i got flagged I'm like all right yeah yeah cool. that's, yeah isn't that weird yeah so i put a review in for tna when it got released and i put all tens on it hell yeah all tens all tens yeah straight up down the board and i wrote in the yep. review and i said i know this looks weird but i think i am the only person on the planet that can legitimately say this is all goddamn tens for me you know? Yeah, and and immediately it was flagged by a ton of people. <laughs> what a so, joke! Yeah, so I'm like, come so on, that, I'm like they won't even. I'm like, you guys won't even let me like let that fly, right? So for theme, let me answer that question. The theme is a hundred percent ten for me, and I want to know. I want to know your honest things. Don't be swayed by me sitting here. I want to know what I'm you not. honestly think about TNA. That's great. I want to. Yeah. yeah, this is really good okay. information for me. I, you know, I thought when I, uh, when I first emailed you, it was a couple months ago. Sorry, it took so long that I, this was my okay. first idea, but I didn't want it to do it until I owned it at home. Cause like for me playing TNA on location, like once or twice is like not enough. Um, and, uh, Doc and Kale convinced me like, find one, find one, find one. I found one. Um, I got it home. Sadly, I still, I don't still have it, but you know, I'm like you, I don't have infinite money. So like if I knew I want to play a different yeah. game, you know what I mean? Um, I exactly. fucking miss it. Jesus. It's one of the only ones that I want back. Do I want to pay? Full price for a TNA 2.0? No, but I nope. want one. Uh, anyway, I'll leave it at that. So theme, I won't hold back for real. I won't. All right, perfect, um, perfect. This is good. And uh, this one I'm not, again, I'm not holding back and I'm also not, um, yeah. yeah. I don't give it a 10. hold back, don't sugarcoat, don't do anything. Yeah, you give, I'm not you sugarcoating. Give a theme a 10? I'm, I'm giving a 10. Why? Uh, do you have yeah. your uh, internets in front of you if you Google something? I do, yeah, I can look okay. up some stuff. Um, so Google, just this, Google Neon Dale Cosmic, and just go either to the website or uh, Spotify. Right, got, Look at the yeah, album yeah, art okay, of Neon Dale Cosmic. And yeah, when cool. I was doing the album of that cover, it was the same thing in mind. I wanted 80s. It's, I mean, it's very punk rock, you know, whatever, 90s shit. But for me, it's just 80s. And I was just thinking synthwave because I I'm, we're both born in '82, obviously. Yeah. So for me, I have yeah, this yeah. love for '80s this is of all like, it's so, yeah, it's so sentimental to me. It's so um, you know the colors speak for themselves. Like I don't you know I don't necessarily think that if there's objectively probably the best theme in pinball, it's got to be what like Star Wars. You know what I mean? Best theme in the world, whatever. Yeah, yeah. To some, but yeah. to me. I like shit like Attack from Mars, Medieval. I like pinball themes that are most badass. So Total, total Nuclear yeah. Annihilation, the second I saw it, it's like, holy shit, man, that's my colors, that's my jam. So, I mean, if you took away the music and everything, maybe it takes some of the theme away. But I I like the simplicity of maybe this will get into the rules a little bit. I, yeah, no joke. I think the rule, I think the theme is a 10. Yep. Awesome. So, that's awesome. gameplay. <laughs> what do you think? Are you at a 10? All right. I'm absolutely at a 10. I love the simple. And the reason I'm at a 10, I'll give you my reasons. The gameplay uh, for me, I, I love 
Nintendo games. Okay, Do you like they the, 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 I grew up. Oh, we yeah. grew up in the same thing, so you're totally gonna reminisce with yeah. me. So my dad yeah. brings home the NES system, right? It's like my all my friends got it. I was late to the party, but you know what? It's fine. My dad brings it home. We're playing these games. They are very simple games, right? But they are really hard to master. Okay. Yeah. Like, yep. so Mario Brothers, you're never going to be a perfect Mario Brothers player, right? Me. I'm never going to be that. But mm-hmm. the theme is, si- I mean, the, the thing's simple. You know what you got to do? You got to get to the end of the level. You got to not die, right? And you got, you yep. can basically, like, you can jump on this guy. You can't jump on that guy. Don't fall in the hole. Just get to the flagpole, right? That's really it. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, I love the very simple to understand games, but when they make those games very, very difficult to master, then that's yes. when it becomes like, I'm there. I can do better. I can almost get there, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and that's what I was trying to pull off with TNA. And I believe I 100% hit what I wanted to do on that. Okay, so speaking of tangents, I have one after I give you my score because I'm I'm mm-hmm. all in on what you're sure. saying. Let me tell you. So my favorite pinball games in general are things like this. Black Knight Sword of Rage, Iron Man. Some of my favorite NES games are like Ninja Gaiden. Basically yeah. what you said, like simple to know, but like if you want to master this shit, you got to put in your time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's reflexes, oh, yeah. it's coordination, it's that over and over. So this game, when I first heard about the rules... It intrigued me because it was that like, oh, no, I got it. I, I don't, I mean, yeah, I like Godzilla. I like everything that has throw the kitchen sink at it, but there's something special about simple rules that you can tell someone in one sentence, but mastering it is, is a whole nother thing. I will give gameplay an eight. Here's why. Rules nice. rules is a 10, spoiler alert. Rules is a 10, but yeah. gameplay, and it's you. I'm just going to be blunt because you said don't hold back. I wish I could put stern yeah. flippers in your game. That that like feel. What, so that they So they feel better, right? Yeah. And so when I, okay. the first thing okay. I did when I got your game, I went into the menu and I like tried to mess with like turn it up or whatever. Cause I just, I don't know if it's a, you know, so my, my biggest thing about games like Ninja Gaiden or Dark Souls or Mario mm-hmm. One, for example, yeah, like yeah. I can only play those games on a CRT or so, uh, an emulator with run yeah, ahead. Yeah. I need, I need no input lag. So in a game, you know, for me, it's all about feel. And in TNA, it was just, I love it. I still do, but I just, you know what I mean? Like there was this immediacy oh, yeah. that I couldn't, when I read online or people talking about it, like I just couldn't get past it. I, I mean, I could get uh-huh. past it, but that is the only thing that's stopping me from a 10 is that I feel like I'm a little out of control, even though I know I have the skills to hit the shots. It's like there's something. Yeah, yeah maybe it's, uh, I, I don't know. I'll leave it at that. Well, but that, that's there the only are reason things I give you it can eight. do about that. So yeah, the flippers themselves, I do think Stern's flippers feel the best out of any pinball machine. I agree with okay. you 100%. Yeah. Um, the... I don't know if I qualify. I guess that's I guess that's part of gameplay. I qualify gameplay more like, you know, the physical layout of the thing and the rules together. Oh. So I guess I'm kind of grouping. I guess I'm kind of grouping all that together. Um sure. The the physical flippers though, um these are I'm running some weird flipper code to try to get them to feel as good as possible because I screwed up and didn't put end of stroke switches on the flippers thinking okay. that it would be like it was working fine uh in the prototyping phase and at shows and all this stuff everything was working great so with production i'm like ah yeah just build it how i normally how i did before right 
No questions yeah. asked, right? It was just built that way. And then when it started getting into other people's hands, like hundreds of them out there, it's like, oh shit, I should have put and the stroke switches on there. Cause then I could have hit them a lot snappier and not overheat. Is them. that what it is? Okay. Yeah, they're overheating. If I if I if I if I make them any more snappy and that they will overheat because it doesn't know exactly when it's at its end of stroke. And by the so way, what it takes would you about tell fifty-two milliseconds for a flipper to flip all the way up. But if I run if I run the flipper pulse at fifty-two milliseconds, it will overheat like crazy. So what if I had one again? Would you tell me to do to mitigate some of that? Is there anything in Turn settings the flipper I could power do down? To- Flipper power. I went down. up. People no shit, don't go down. understand that. You go, you go up. Me. They're gonna get mushy. Yeah, I, I really need down. to be more vocal about that. Yeah, you turn the flipper power down, and it, what's interesting is you're going to it'll it'll slightly slow the ball down, but it's not gonna fade on you or anything. Yeah, it's uh, hmm. it's pretty interesting. Yeah, but and also okay. remember too, there's no end of stroke switches. So if you hold the flipper up. I have to do something to keep that flipper up and not overheat. Interesting. So there's there's a hold winding. There's all sorts of like crazy, crazy physics and math that goes into like trying to get a flipper to run properly at 48 volts. But these flipper coils that we're using, these Williams flipper coils, were not meant to run at 48 volts. They were meant to run at 70. So it's uh, it's very hard to get those like just right. So could you theoretically, like you, who, who knows this stuff inside and out, clearly because you built it inside out, could you mod it so it felt like Stern or put Stern flippers in there? Or is that a lot um, of that in code? Nah, not really. No. No? Probably not. No, nah, it's probably going to okay. always feel a different. It's a different flipper mechanism. Uh, so it, sure. it'll probably always feel, feel a bit different. I I even, I didn't even choose to like put code in for under stroke switches, even if people wanted to put them in, um, just because I think I got it really close to being really really good on the latest version yes. of the software so it's it's it, as good as i think it needs to be um is it exactly like stern's snappiness it's not but it's definitely really really good all right rules but that's the only thing holding me back on gameplay it's just that yeah, little bit yeah. feel. And I, think Otherwise, I, went, I, I went on my rule tangent already so no i uh, i grew yeah, so with rules. gameplay by accident this is where I was going to go on a tangent of I'm also at a 10 for those reasons when I said I like Iron Man, I like Black Knight, Soda Rage, I like Mario, I like, I like simplicity. Yeah. I like a break yeah. of just, you know what to do. What the tangent I want to do is like, I haven't said this in the past because it's almost like I've thought of like writing it down and doing it myself. I say do it myself, but I think the one thing missing in pinball code and they're starting to do it is just take a cue from roguelike games. You need mm-hmm. something like Insider Connected to keep that persistence to a game. But if, you know, yeah. have you played, I mean, you know, the kind of, you know, roguelikes and kind oh, yeah. of, the, yeah. Yep. Please do it in your P3 game. But having that, uh, you know, like, I'll just, let's use Godzilla, for example. I don't know. Just pick a game. Let's say in Godzilla, you made your way through, one, you know, one city. Great. And then, you know, so for everyone out there, a roguelike is essentially a game that once you're done, you're done. But you always bring a little bit of progress to your next game. So games that kind of do this right now, Turtles does, you can kind of level up your turtle with Insider Connected uh, and that stays persistent. 
Uh, but games, I don't know why they're not doing this more. It just seems like low-hanging fruit. If you want a game in the home to like have persistent overtime, let someone build up slowly and overtime, overtime, get these perks and then tie it to their whatever online account or just local account they have. You know, I mean, Binding of Isaac, one of the most simple games of all time, but you can play that for thousands of hours. Just ask my wife. It was like 2,000 hours in Steam on Binding of Isaac because you just have, you know, the carrot and the stick. Just a little more each game keeps you coming back. And, you know, yeah. I don't know. For me, it just seems like a no-brainer. They got to start. They, people like you, <laughs> put in roguelike elements yeah. into games, man. Shit. Well, how about this? Let me let me challenge you for a second on that. How about yeah. what if, what if the little bit that, that the game was giving you was an improvement in your skill level that you could bring back the next time. Listen to this yes, for a second, it, because yes, pimp like TNA is a very difficult game when you first play it. And I have gotten better at it over time and I can still see myself the more and more I play it. I, I am getting further and further and getting higher scores uh, because of that. And I'm just, I'm just being funny really, but like you oh, can no, say the roguelike right. like thing are the skills that you're learning physically from playing the game. Like I've seen people who didn't know how to drop catch learn to actual drop catch out of that left scoop because that Mm. drop catching out of there is super (laughs) and like ripping the spinner right off a drop catch on that game is really valuable. So it's just like little, little dumb things like that. That that's a very good point. And it's true. It, It is a persistent thing that you're getting better at. I think, yeah, and I know you're not denying this. I think there's more it's you can cop, do. It's though, a cop-out, though. I was just yeah, kidding. Well, but it's true. <laughs> it's it's a good point. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I just think there's there's a lot of uh, opportunity there to keep, uh, I mean, from an insider connected or people at home, a reason to keep coming back. Even if you you do fucking terrible. Well, yeah, but what about next time you get like one extra gold, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it. You get, yeah, in, yeah. you know, in Mandalorian, yeah. you get a little Beskar every every few games mm-hmm. something like that um but that aside yeah the, the simplicity rules are a 10 i love my wife um dana there's two games that have been in this house that she would play without me saying hey you want to play a game with me where i've seen her just playing a game only two uh stern star trek and total nuclear annihilation those are the only two um so take that is a compliment <laughs> she doesn't that's play great. yeah I mean, that's she's awesome. seen yeah godzilla jurassic park you know attack from our every game has mm-hmm. been through here yeah. um and total nuclear annihilation she's born in 84 so very similar the theme like right away got it and i told her i was talking to you today and she's like oh shit that's awesome and she walked in here when i was remixing some of that stuff earlier and playing guitar she's like what what are you doing that i know that song i'm like yeah it's it's from tna yeah, yeah it's the tna yeah. song yeah that's awesome um all right, visuals. Are you a ten? Well, so let's define visuals now, just to make sure I'm understanding. Okay. I, I kind of screwed up gameplay and rules. Um, visuals. Are you saying the LCD as visuals? Or are you saying light shows as visuals, or the entire cinematic events that are happening? All so where others will do like oh backlash art, side art, lighting. I just do everything visual. So kind of the whole package, lighting, backlash, side, like all the art and lighting in one. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. hundred percent. 10. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, like I want to say nine just to not say 10. It's fucking 10. You're a nine, this is nine, why it's five. a 10. Get a nine, five. I, I can't. What's I can't. Wrong with it? I don't just know name, where I would... name one thing you don't like about it. That's just what I was just trying to say. Thing. What is, 
Yeah. No, the only thing I don't like about it is fixed in the TNA 2.0. Or not fixed. What? I'm what I'm it? a fan. I'm a fan of uh, black powder coat versus steel oh, on the yeah, rails. Yeah, so it's yeah. kind of like a, yeah. It's not really a thing, but I like both. I like the way the steel no, cool. feels better. I, yeah, but mm-hmm. that that doesn't even take a half point because you can just horse your piece. Uh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. No. Nine point five. I I found I found something. Perfect. Some of the visual animations. Right. That was the first thing that I was like, I I would do. But after you explain some of the limitations, like, well, okay, shit. Um, that was one thing. I was like, maybe I'll take a crack at it. And why ask? Like, what format are they? And I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could sideload some of this shit in there. Um, but. The fucking lights, dude, are a fifteen out of ten. Uh, I I opened yeah, the, up the, the playfield just. Proud of. Jesus, dude, and look, I I had to look at the RGB just to see because I had never seen that in a game so well done. I was like, oh, you know, we look at uh, something like Star Wars, which has some stern Star Wars, you know, some white, some red, some blue, and it mimics RGB GI, but it's not. And in your game, that's all RGB, and that blew me away. Um, shit visuals and, and the art yeah, did you, you know, see I said so earlier speaking yeah so uh, speaking of these rgb things man uh have you seen a tna with these fluorescent green protectors on it mine had it yep it did have it okay cool so when it, it goes did. like multi-ball and it, it fires mm-hmm. off the blue freaking gi dude oh man so I, was that was, always like, planned accident that i found that no accident, oh, that was by accident. total accident yeah yeah somebody was um Oh man, I don't remember who. Someone wanted like pink protectors or something. I was just gonna make some pink protectors for it, and I was we're just like cutting them out of some other things. We were like, "Hey, put some green on there." I'm like, "Okay, cool," because there are accent colors of green in the game, not on the playfield, mm-hmm. barely. Um, yep. But um, so I put those on there and quickly realized that the really high frequency wavelength of the blue light coming out of the GI bulbs. Because it's very bright and very high intensity, like very yeah. very short wavelength. Um, it uh, it really it acted almost like a black light underneath that fluorescent material, and it made the edges of that fluorescent material glow so crazy, like a yes. t- like a like like one of those laser tag arenas. I'm like, right. dude, screw it. We're putting we're putting like I don't care if it makes the color look a little weird on the plastics we're putting freaking green on this thing and making it awesome um, that's exactly it, so when i fun. saw it i couldn't tell that i i know the outlines is the first thing i noticed like wow the edges really pop and i was like i, I wonder if this green was what because i've seen pink and i've seen green and since it didn't come yeah, default pink looks like crap compared to it yeah i was always curious your thoughts on that um yeah yeah i mean i love the color pink tread don't get me wrong but like dude the green it really reacts with that blue uh, LED. Like when I'm firing off that blue channel, it's crazy. Yeah, dude. So yeah, like we for the the remake version, the CE version, we um, I was like, dude, just throw the throw the green protectors on it from the factory, you know? Yep. So that uh, was, all right, that was cool. That was a surprising artifact. So this one is easy. Audio for me. Oh, audio. Yeah, it's a ten. How about you? All right, it's ten for me. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a. I'm gonna go with a ten too. But you know what? I I wouldn't remaster it any other way. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I um. It's it's gritty and and we can talk about compressors all day because I love it. But it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna confuse and make people it. not listen to your podcast. Yeah, it's gonna 
it's gonna make people shut off your podcast if we do that so we'll just do that some other time uh, yeah um, <laughs> okay but uh, Dude, uh yeah it's uh so and then I, I have a overall like a, so I guess we add it up you're at a oh you're at a 10 out of 10 so yours is an A plus uh, so you 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 what am I at 30 48 5 alright I'm also at an A uh, it's an A game shit I don't care who you are uh, the audio easily is I think everyone probably thinks it's a 10 if someone doesn't like this they just audio wise they're either they're either just a stupid person, no offense, but you're a stupid person, um, or you don't have ears. That's the only thing I can <laughs> no think offense, of. No offense, you're a stupid person? I like it. Yeah. Um, uh, so something interesting uh, something interesting about the audio, actually. Um, so I, this was my first attempt at making electronic music, because I, I always wrote techno music or breakbeats before this and that's a very specific style that's used a lot in raves um okay and it's not it's very repetitive it's not really widely accepted to people outside of people that are really into it but this was a challenge for me to create electronic music that was um not too annoying not too repetitive still melodic you could sit and listen to it, but still gets your adrenaline going and gets you yes. gets you pumped up. And this was the first time I did that. So there's actually a song. There's one song that I wrote um, actually before all of this. And it was called, it's called Bleeding Neon. Uh, I have that. I mean, you can just look at it. It's, it's on my streaming crap, right? Okay. Um, but that is, that was my my attempt at writing something like that, that wasn't like pure synth wave. It wasn't pure techno. It wasn't dubstep. It wasn't, you know what I mean? It wasn't something offensive. It was this combination of these retro styled things to make it. And it was acceptable to people who don't listen to electronic music. So yeah, it, it's really neat. And that was a really good challenge. And I stumbled upon this genre that I really, really enjoy now. And uh, yeah, I, it's, it's I so can't good, stop writing dude. this kind of music. You shouldn't. It's it's a tough yeah, thing when you, you know, like as a drummer, first and foremost, I always like if I'm practicing or listening, I'm listening to, yeah, tool uh, stuff that has very, you know, a talented drummer, something that a lot of people will hear and just like, mm, uh, it's just all over the place or whatever. And or it's it's music that's just, uh, you know, shit. And it's like seven, eight or 16, four or really polyrhythmic shit. Yeah. And that's what I'm that's what I get off on as a drummer. But when oh, I yeah, am sure. writing music, yeah, it's more the struggle of like, I also want to be able to listen to this and not just have like, oh, listen to how oppressive it is. Cause it's like, you're just impressing the drummers out there or the songwriters, yeah. whatever. So I get that like challenging. It's, it's challenging as a musician to write good songs sometimes that are, you know, people think that's weird to say, but it's, uh, yeah. oh, absolutely. It's different. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, you'll notice that, like, you know, as a drummer, you'll probably pick up on this stuff, though, that the drum tracks are, are very boring, actually, in in most of electronic music like this, except for bands yeah. like um, Venetian Snares, Aphex Twin, um, you know, Square Pusher, Autaker, or is that Square really Pusher? Yeah, it's all it's all crazy stuff. But Venetian Snares has like some of the weirdest time signatures. But those those bands are not widely accepted by people right. who don't listen to electronic music. If you were to throw that in front of somebody who doesn't listen to electronic music, they'd be like, that is noise and shitty. And I exactly. can't tap my yeah. foot to it. And it's like yeah. messed up. Yeah, it, it's crazy. 
Um, yeah. So, but uh, it, so as a drummer, I have a story for you if you would like uh, about how I, I, I annoy would. one of my drummer friends. This is probably going to annoy cool. you too, but it's pretty funny. Uh, um, okay. So I I've been DJing since uh, like we'll just say 2000. So 22 years I've been doing DJ stuff, right? With vinyl okay. and everything. Um, I have the ability in my head to listen to two separate four four beats at the same time. Okay. And I can tell if one is slightly ahead of the other or behind the other. Okay. Okay. Which is a very weird skill that you actually, that all DJs learn um, over time. So uh, what I have this really good friend of mine, that's a drummer and we're, we're hanging out and to absolutely drive him insane. What I will do is uh, we'll be listening. There'll be like a song on in the background and I'll tap really loud on like the table or something like that. Like I'll tap on the downbeats. And then what I'll do is I'll slowly turn the BPM down on what I'm doing. So it starts getting oh. offbeat, but it's getting offbeat by an exact like slow. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm probably a half a BPM slower and it mm. gets worse and worse. Like, over, I don't like that. <laughs> you know, and I, have, I don't like yeah, that at all. <laughs> exactly. It's so, it's so hilarious. And, uh, I, I just, I love, uh, I love telling that story. I love messing with him. It's so yeah. fun. Um, when but I was, yeah, it's uh, gross. It is gross. Mess, uh, the, the TNA theme or the, you know, when you start the game, what is that song called again? The, uh, the, the main one, uh, yeah, the main yeah. theme song. It's just called yeah. total nuclear annihilation. Yeah. Okay. That's the, what I thought. The main track. What, yeah. What, when I was doing that thing earlier that, uh, for those listening, you'll hear the whole thing at the end with started this podcast with, um, when I was adding some of that guitar and stuff earlier, uh, that part where the, the triplets come in, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like two thirds of the way through, I was trying to do a, uh, it was kind of a seven, eight over that. And it was trying to revolve. So I was kind of do it. Cause you have to do the same oh, cool. thing. You slowly, slowly and speed it up to, I was doing that way too much. Like, I'm just going to do triplets. Fuck it. I gave up on that, but it's the same thing. I tried to revolve it back into it. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing it during work anyways. Very cool. Yeah. The last question I wanted to ask about, yeah, about your game. Um, since you have TNA and you enjoy playing it, I guess two questions. One, do you do anything specific to that? I mean, you mentioned the maybe turn down the flippers for people who want it. Do you do anything specific to yours? And two, how often do you destroy all the reactors? Oh, okay. So let's answer the second one first because it's really depressing. Um, I've never okay. actually beat the game. Like, oh, legit, never beat it. Well, same. So but no shit. Yeah, never beat it. I'm probably never going to. Uh, and that's okay. I've accepted that. I will. I will die one day, never beating TNA. Your own game. Um, yeah, I will huh. never. I will never beat it. And I think I want it that way. Um, I don't know what I would. I don't know how I would feel if I was able to actually beat it. I don't think I would like that. Um, huh. I do try like be very, over? very hard. Like it's not. I mean, it's just like kind of like a. It's like a grand finale to the project that I never want to see. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's super yeah, dark shit. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> I like, get it, man. I try hard though. Trust me. Like I really try. I know I'm never going to get there, but if it does one day, that would be, it would be cool. And then I'll probably make up some got? excuse about like, I've gotten to six. Okay. So I have beat five. Um, I've gotten to six. I've started six, got the extra ball and still woofed it. So it's yeah. Okay. Not great. 
you know, because you start getting you, your adrenaline starts kicking up a little bit, Jeez. like as you go, and your your yeah. body can just not keep up anymore. Your reaction times start getting crappy because your adrenaline's only good for so long, right? Before it starts, your body mm-hmm. starts getting like, you know, worn out from it. Yeah. So it, it's it's very interesting. Yeah. So um, yeah, and then any tweaks that I do to my thing? So question number one: uh, What yeah. do I do to my game? That's a good question. Um, hmm. I I put power balls in it once, um, but I <laughs> didn't feel shit. I I didn't feel like I um I I didn't feel like adjusting all the kickout speeds and stuff to like make the ball not fly around and be annoying. So I decided mm-hmm. abandon it. Uh, I'll okay. I'll attack that again someday. But uh, yeah, I don't really do much to my game. Uh, I do put I, I have a lot of prototype stuff in my game, like the the tna ce version of the um shoot again display and the reactor core display with the extra lights on them i have those in my game because it's you know i was testing everything out and programming on it the game that's sitting behind me right now is actually the game that i wrote all the code on um i mean i started the code on the whitewood obviously but like i wrote all the production code on that game that's behind me there it's pretty pretty Uh, worn out it's got some it's got some dings and scratches and stuff and how's that scoop uh yeah it's yeah, the, the scoop's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, it's okay. Good. I mean, yeah, I guess I, yeah, I, I, I don't really care to protect it too much. I, I want it to be used, you know. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a eh. person, I'm not a person that doesn't like not play my games. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, that's why that whole story right. about the Tron shock thing shocked me so much is because like I just, yeah, you know, can't deal with that. So I can I want see. I can see a P3. Don't know what game's in it. Yep. I can't tell from here. I see TNA. Uh, right now it's Weird Al's in it. Okay. I see TNA. I see Rick and Morty. So three games you worked on. Yep. What's the one yep. right behind that? Dr. Dude is behind that one. Okay. Uh, and then Tron with Powerballs. That one's great. Yep. We got Powerball Tron back there. And then we got Brighter Pinbot 2.0 behind oh. that. Oh. Yeah. Which I also yeah. worked on that project too. And then yep. um, we got the Revenge from Mars back there as well. Uh, and the Bright okay. Pinbot 2.0 does have Powerballs in it. Just FYI. Jesus. <laughs> That's important. Powerball guy. That game is so you know, cool looking. It's, it's neat. It's very neat. Yeah, I think Dutch Pinball did an amazing job with all that. All right, man. I'm going to cool. I'm gonna end it there because it's been... I, I want some of these people wanting more. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for reviewing your own game with me. Um, you gave it absolutely. Good marks. Sorry, I couldn't give it. Sorry, I couldn't be a little more harsh on it. No, dude, I, I would we'll, not uh, expect you yeah. to. <laughs> um, I'm I'm looking forward to whatever you do with Multimorphic and the P3. Hopefully, we'll have you on again when 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 said game gets announced and released. I want to hear more about it. I wish you the absolutely. best of luck in that game. Um, any last words for your your fans out there? Sure thing. Well, uh, again, I appreciate everybody. Um, you know, I can't thank you guys enough for. Uh, you know, just just straight up having the confidence in even buying TNA like the first time. Like I, we, uh, I honestly thought it would sell like a maximum of 50 units based on the people that said I'll buy one at a you know at a show, right? Uh, yeah. It turned out to sell 550 of them, and then you know they're they're still ripping through. I think they sold maybe 200 of the last of them. There's maybe 50 of them left, but this is gonna be it. Jeez. Like. There's no more TNA to be made after this, um, uh. but uh, yeah, that's it. Like, it's, it's done. That's it. Um, 
and then um yeah i just i i just appreciate everybody yeah thank you everybody because awesome. if without that confidence like they're you know i i i wouldn't have had the drive that i that i have today to keep doing more stuff you know i probably right. would have just gone back and done little homebrew things and just kind of hung out and well, I would speak for most people out there myself. Don't stop. Keep making games. I'm going to try. Thanks for joining me. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. Yep. Thank you. Man, Scott, thank you so much for staying up past our bedtimes together <laughs> to talk. Uh, hopefully we didn't lose too many people on music, but hey, you can't win them all. Thanks again for lending your fantastic Total Nuclear Annihilation theme song to me to do a little of my own spin on it. Anyone out there who has not played a Scott Denisi game, go play one. Go play Weird Al. Go play Total Nuclear Annihilation. Go play Rick and Morty. Or go play, coming up, Multimorphics, Scott Denisi creative directed game, unknown title, pretty soon. Well, that's everything from the pinball party this week. I think two is enough for one week. Send in anything you'd like to the pinball party podcast at gmail.com. Stick around to listen to the full mashup of Total Nuclear Annihilation theme song and Neon Dale. Till next time, everyone. We'll see you later.
game Lion Man? Can you confirm that the game is Lion Man? I uh, I cannot deny or confirm any Lion Man anything. <laughs> okay. P- pinball party.